You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. David, we'll talk about sport later. There's a couple of contentious issues mm. and also a couple of heartwarming issues as well I want to talk about. And if you feel uncomfortable talking about the contentious issues, I completely understand. But let's talk about <laughs> markets now. And, and no, I was just looking. Sometimes I get a little bit disillusioned with what's going on. And I suddenly remember last week vaguely that the S&P was over 4,400 and I suddenly mm. see it only just above 4,200. It is no. range bound, but it's not going anywhere, David, apart from down to sideways. No, the tech, if the technical analysts or people who watch the technicals are a little concerned that it's fallen below a major support area or a support area, uh, that triggers a little bit of selling. But Lindsay, take that aside. I think there's still a, a lot of concerns about what the Fed's going to do. Some of the data that's coming out, like the GDP numbers out of the US, yes. just support a stronger economy. We saw it last week with retail sales. Uh, inflation's still sticky. And there, there are a few issues that are worrying investors. And, of course, um, I think also the, the issues in the Middle East just don't create a kind of climate that you want to climb into the market. What might turn things around, hopefully, would be corporate results, but maybe that's wishful thinking. We're starting to get the tech companies coming out, I think, from tomorrow or certainly uh, over this week and the next, and hopefully it spurs some kind of interest. But you know, even sitting here, I look at the market on a day-to-day basis, minute-to-minute basis. I wish I could say it was day-to-day basis. And yeah. and I'm not excited. I'm saying, oh, you know, I'm looking, I'm positioning, I must admit. But but somehow I still feel that a few things have to be removed before I commit myself. Removed means you just want some stability in the Middle East. And you also want the Fed to maybe give clearer direction of, of, of what's happening. It's still very... Yeah, I don't know what other word to use than wishy-washy. It's you know you can't read them, and uh, you know rates keep creeping up, which in my view is a very worrying sign for for the U.S. economy because eventually when rates get to that level, once more does exactly what's happening to us. It takes the incentive out of wanting to do anything. You know, and you say, yeah. don't buy that factory. Nah, you know, walk away from that deal. And uh, for me, that's a concern. I think if we can stay below 5% for the US 10-year Treasury bond yield, then things aren't too bad. That's my opinion. It's at the top of its range, let's face it. And I don't think it's that bad. If you have a look back historically at US rates, then, you know, 5% is actually a couple of decades ago would actually look rather good. Well, if, if, if inflation starts to fall below 5%, which it is, then you start to get a real return or whatever they call the neutral rate is. I don't know. There's so many different economic terms, which I haven't got a complete understanding of what it means and how it changes people's views. But uh, what what is happening is that, uh, you know, there is a margin of, what, what's the word, safety for investors at the moment versus the inflation rate. So rates are going to a level where, uh, investors are getting real returns, which is always a good thing and what we've been waiting for. So I, somewhere, what worries me is what, what you could call reading the room, <laughs> reading the mood. Yes. Uh, what, what, what mood do you want in the U.S.? You know, 
and I'm talking to the Fed. What do you want? You know, uh, how do you want people to feel? You know, do you want them to uh, invest? Do you want them to feel excited about the economy? You know, what do you want? And at the moment, uh, I think from the data that we read and from the magazines or newspapers we read, there's a there's a kind of pall overhanging uh, all of this. You know, the the U.S. economy. No one's getting excited. We're getting excited about AI, the same old subjects, and I remain excited by that. But it's not drawing in. You know, it's not drawing people in to to do things. And I don't get excited me. about AI, actually. I get appalled by it. But, I mean, you and Viv Govender are completely different to me. <laughs> I think you should, like, should maybe well, stick to your running and, <laughs> and, and, and the basics on which you've been weaned um, in, instead of getting excited about AI. I think it's dangerous. I really I really do. Well, it's, I, I would call it, I call it from my point of view, invasive. <laughs> Well. Uh, invasive meaning, you know, they know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> and every time you hit a button on your phone or on your computer, someone's monitoring in that and say, oh, that Lindsay likes uh, Ipswich Town. You know, let's hit him. And the next thing you're buying Ipswich Town, socks, Ipswich Town, shorts, you know, they, they come at you with everything for Ipswich Town. And it happens, you know, it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. Well, I don't and, care about uh, that. As long as they don't, if you're a criminal, then you probably, you are worried uh, by AI because they could want to, if you've yeah. got nothing to hide, uh, then let, yeah, let them have their fun, etc. But anyway, I, I, there's, there's, there are yet. efficiencies, I think, hmm. in every industry, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry. It, you know, there are a lot of discussions about how they use the numbers. But I mean, if they are, if they use the numbers properly, it does allow them uh, to improve the, you know, to improve their testing and to brew. There's so many elements of it from an from an e-commerce point of view. They're able to direct their marketing a lot closer to home and and make sure that it hits the right people. Uh, so, but so that's what I said, invasive. But there are many, many other elements of that as well, you know, in terms of business, in terms of efficiencies, yes. uh, and, and so on. So I'm I'm in favour of it, and I think businesses are gearing themselves up for it. But, okay. um, as, long, as long as it can be regulated, unlike cryptocurrencies, yeah, which was the last big wave of innovation, and that wasn't regulated and still isn't regulated properly, as long as AI can be regulated and restricted in a certain way so it can't be abused, um, don't you think? I'm with you. You know what? I, I The only, what would you call it, not junk mail, we used to call it junk mail, but the mm. only um, you know, hard sell that comes to me is all from cryptocurrencies and people selling those kind of instruments. You know, no one's phoning me. I don't get any kind of uh, um, social media contact or a WhatsApp or an email telling me to go and look at Microsoft or what about this. It's all around dodgy type of – and that scares me. You know, that really, really scares me. Do you know what scared and, me over uh, the weekend, David? Mm. I bought a table from Ikea. You don't have that in South Africa. Yeah, I know Ikea well, yeah. Yeah, I know, but you don't have it there, so many people no. might not be familiar with the extraordinary extent of its reach to consumers. You buy these things, and actually my table arrived today, and I don't know what to do with it. I mean, it's, I've got, I, I can't even get the cardboard box open, let alone put the thing together. <laughs> but I'll get some clever What's chaps to do it. What's it got screws in? No, David, you've no idea. It's, gosh, well, I haven't opened it yet, So, but I imagine the, <laughs> the manual is extraordinary. But anyway, I paid for this thing. It was, 200, it was 238 euros 99. And I paid for it via my Dutch bank. 
and it went through. It was it was deb- my account was debited, and the next day. I got an email from IKEA. It looked very similar to IKEA, and it said, "Unfortunately, your card hasn't your, oh your, your, God, your payment no. hasn't gone through. Oh, Could yeah. you pay again and, and press this button?" I thought, and I went back through my account on my it's phone, gone through. and it's just, yeah, it went through. I thought, no, 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 there's something wrong here, and yeah, someone's no. trying to scam me. But it was beautifully yeah. done. It looked exactly the same as the IKEA website. So yeah. You've got to be careful. And AI, yeah. I think, is uh, complicit in that That's subterfuge. Very interesting. Because mm. you've got to ask how they picked that up. Yes, exactly. Uh, that, that to me, scares me. This, look, to be fair, there's not a day that goes by that I don't get one of those. Yeah. You know, and I always look at the bottom, and if it's HT, what's it, ML or something, then you know it's – if it's a PDF file, it's fine. If it's a HTML, then you know it's a link, and you're going to be in trouble. So you've got to look for clues as well. You know, and if it looks odd, I'd rather not respond to it. Just don't respond. Exactly like if you got suspicious, just get out. You know, and and but there's not a day that goes by that I don't get come fetch your package or this hasn't arrived. <laughs> exactly. This, you know, it's they are becoming they are becoming smarter and smarter, and it's 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 it doesn't get me, and it probably won't get you, but it will catch an enormous number of people. Take a deep breath yeah, and, just, and, and not, just wait no. or just phone the company. And, yeah. and, I mean, I don't want to be yeah. a consumer don't, journalist, yeah. but, but goodness no. me. I mean, an old person would look at that and say, or oh, a person yeah. not quite as savvy as yeah. um, we supposedly are. They're going to look at that and think, oh, dear, no. I better pay these nice people. My money hasn't no. gone through. And they get ripped off. It's horrible. David, there's a share on the JSC or a company on the JSC by the name of Textainer. And I remember it yeah. when I was in the stockbroking mm. business. I mean, this was like three decades ago or two decades ago mm. or something. Mm. And Textainer was at the time quite fashionable because it was either, I can't remember if it was a, a Rand hedge or a tax benefit yes. or both. Mm. And suddenly the share price today up 40%. Please tell me more. Well, Textainer came out of Trendcore, which was owned by the Joel family. Uh, Trendcore was the transport company. Remember, I think they still have those, um, they still run transport company, I think, down in the Cape. Uh, I think they're part of HCI, if I'm not mistaken. Well, someone, they're part of someone today. They're still around, but it came out of Trendcore, and uh, um, it you're dead right. During those days where there were still very tough um, exchange controls here, a lot of investors would go and either invest in Trendcore because of the Rand Hedge qualities or alternatively, um, they would actually be able to buy containers. Yes. You know, you could buy a container which would sail around the world and you would make money in dollars. I don't know how successful it was, uh, but it was, you know, it, it was, there was a certain popularity of that. To be honest, we lost touch with it. And it's only this morning, you know, I've, be, I've been watching it from a distance, but mm. certainly not closely. It's been very difficult to trade in. But um, even before this deal came through, I, I looked at it. It was a 38 billion rand company. This was no, you know, this, is, this wasn't a one or two billion rand business. No, that's so a decent business, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, if I, if I try and give it to you now, I'm just going to try, just for, for sake of uh, comparison, yes. a 38 billion rand company, this is before today, would be the same as African Rainbow Minerals or Mr. Price is 34 billion. Goodness. 91 is 34 billion. Yeah. So that was the size of it before 
Now it's been bought out for 50 billion rand, which is seven and a half billion dollars, which takes it up to the size of Pepcor or Harmony or Outsurance thereabouts. So, yeah, it's a big business. Uh, it's, it's strange it never trades, you know. I mean, it was, well, it's going to go off the exchange obviously now, but it was yeah. completely illiquid. And totally. I'm sure that mm. whoever does own it is uh, licking their lips now after that deal. Well, well done to them, I say. Yeah, I, you know, I can. Um, I've been trying to look up who actually owns it. I'm sure that the, the you know, Trendcore. Well, let me just see Trendcore before I get, you know, whether it's completely unbundled or whether they, um, no, Trendcore's out of it. You know, Trendcore's a one billion company. So it's really a shell of a business now. Mm. Uh, there's nothing left in Trendcore. I think this was the main the main business. I think most of the other businesses are out. I'm not even sure what Trimcore has left in it. But um, I can try and look up what, uh, you know, who well, owns no, it. It's, it's of yeah. academic interest. But anyway, the fact I is, know, another company leaving the JSC, although yeah. it's, you know, it's not, it's not going to upset too many people because it never traded and you couldn't job it and you couldn't day trade it no. or anything like that. But anyway, it's a good South African success story, I think. The fact that it's okay. it's been it's been bought for an an enormous amount of money. Yeah, yeah. No, it is it is a lot. I'm just trying to fix see if I can uh, pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Textainer on the on the JCT. Uh, it is the same company, so I'm going to give it to you in in uh, in the US because I think this is it is listed there. So they're probably going to give you ownership and uh, ownership summary. <laughs> which will try and give you some kind of idea who owns it. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at the investors. Oh, no. I, th- there's no one that that that, that comes to mind here. I, Coronation Asset Management has about 8%. Um, BlackRock Fund Advisors, 4.5%. So there's quite a spread of investors here, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to pick up uh, families or something. Mr. Robert O.D. Peterson, P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N. Which I think is Danish. What is that? Peterson, Danish, no, pretty, whatever. Know. So that that the total of I can account for fifty six percent of the company. Most of it is uh, institutional. Fifty four percent. Yeah. Well, well done to them. But uh, bad luck for the JSC, another company that's gone to the wall. Not gone to the wall, but in, in JSC terms, yeah, another <laughs> one bites the dust. David, <laughs> we had updates from Sassel and South Thirty Two today, mm. but uh, nothing really elsewhere. So I want to go straight to sporting matters because there was a lot of sport this weekend. I mean, you last mm-hmm. week highlighted mm-hmm. the schedule mm-hmm. that most normal people would have followed on Saturday from 10.30 in the morning, England-South Africa cricket. England disappointed in their, in their attitude. They were really, really lacklustre and well done to the Proteas for thrashing yeah. the pants off them because England were woeful. Yeah. They were. I don't think you... You know, they've disappointed me. I'm not... I, I, you expected a fight from England. I mean, I don't know where they're second from the bottom now and, I, you know, don't have a hell's chance of qualifying, etc. And for England, um, one would have expected more of, uh, more of a fight. I mean, they just gave up. They were absolutely thrashed. Yes, and were. that's sad. I know Stokes injured, but still... Um, Disappointed, disappointed at their attitude and their just overall quality. I made my so that was a start. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a, it it was was a bad <laughs> start for me, but I, I mean, it doesn't really bother me. It was the least important of my weekend. Then, of course, if we stick with the South Africa theme, the rugby in the evening, I yeah. made my stance very clear about England yeah. versus South Africa, the Springboks uh, in that game. England were going to get, get absolutely mm. splattered by the Springboks. But with two minutes to go, England could have pulled off the unthinkable and actually yeah. beaten the best team in the world because yeah. I do think they yeah. are the best team in the world. And then there's that yeah. controversy, at, which yeah. I don't know if we should talk about, really. But Well, I, it, it's, it's worrying. You know, there has been accusation of a, a racial slur. Mm. Um, and, you know, one doesn't know how you have to react. You can't ignore it. Um, you, you know, one has to react to it. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the referee to file a report mm. and, uh, you know, give his views. I think Tim Curry has got his views, but um, I think it's 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 very disturbing that it came from a South African, you know, especially a, particularly a, a black South African who's moved. obviously yeah. throughout yeah. his life, and I, mean, yeah. I don't know, but I would assume yeah. that he has been abused uh, throughout his life yeah. uh, racially, yeah. and so to turn around and say that, and there's all mm. sorts of mm. people now saying, well, actually, it's an African saying, and it didn't. Mean, of course, it's I'm rubbish. Him. He oh, said it to his face. Rubbish. You listen to, you I watch know. the footage. You listen to it. Yeah. You can listen to it through the ref's mic, and he he said what he said, and it wasn't nice. What? The ref's mic, you see, that's, I think there's footage of him and uh, squaring up with Curry, I think. But in the ref's mic, the ref, you know, Tim Curry came to the ref and reported it yes. and said, what should I do about it? And he says, don't worry, do nothing do now, nothing. I'll deal with it. Meaning, I'm going to deal with it later, you know. And uh, um, I, I, I think from South Africa's, well, that's, that's, that's the point. So I think South Africa have got a... Uh, a duty to actually investigate it, and you you don't you don't want him to run onto the field at the final with booze and aggro, you know. Uh, and it's probably best that he just stays on the sidelines or whatever it is until this, if it does cool down. Mm. Um, I think I, th I think there are a lot of angry people. I always think of the reverse. You know what happens if a Curry had said it to him? Yes. I, I think England would have been banned for life. You know they would have. Uh, whatever, mm. and uh, you know, Tim Curry would never play another rugby game you know, in his life. So that would have been the reverse situation. But um, you know, people would have, you know, what people would have, they 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 would have taken it a lot more seriously than this. So uh, that's that's a tragedy. But anyway, listen, I I'm sad for South Africa from that point of view, and just but I think sometimes you've got to do the right thing. You know, you've got to say, listen. <laughs> this is an incident. We can't just whitewash it. Uh, how's that? Um, but, yeah. but I mean, uh, you know, you can't just you can't overlook at it. You've got to you've got to look. You know, you've got to say it, and everybody will say. Anyway, come to his defence. But uh, it's it's sad. I, you know, I, I just sad that 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 we still do it. But anyway. Yeah, maybe people say, well, it's a sporting match and there's adrenaline's flowing, it's the heat of the moment. But, you know, you just don't say that. And at the end of the game, shake the hand and say, listen, I'm sorry I said that. He didn't shake but his hand. didn't eh? shake his hand either. No, that's ignorant. No, no, it's bad no, breeding. No, oh, gosh, no Curry went to mm. Bongani and uh, he kind of turned away. Yeah. So I think that also upset the whole issue, you know, because of whatever situation happened, whatever, whether the ref spoke to Bongani, whatever, I don't know. But, whatever, you know, that's, 
that also made it, uh, uh, I think, just made it a little worse. Well, let's go, so let's, let, let's go now to mm. the beautiful game because uh, City is top mm. again, but they were unconvincing. Mm. Aston Villa were good against West Ham and Arsenal came back nicely. I, I get the feeling that Chelsea are sort of finding their feet now and they're, they're yeah. doing a little bit better, And but Arsenal did well to come back. I thought that um, Arsenal Chelsea threw it away, actually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, you know, Arsenal were terrible. And only the change, once they made the changes, that they look like they, they might do something. But uh, they weren't. I, I think what happens every time they come away from a, an international break, oh, it takes them a bit of time to find their rhythm. Yeah. I, you know what disappointed me the most mm-hmm. was the Liverpool-Everton game. Yeah, there was and, nothing there. There was no passion. Uh, you know, no, but, they, but down to 10 men, you know, you say, oh, no, man, we wait for these games. Down to 10 men. Ashley Young was so old and so slow, you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain. You know, he, he, he hit his prime, I don't know, maybe a decade ago or something. And uh, I just saw him there. I saw the first foul. I thought, oh, no, this is not going to end well. And it didn't. You know, he was sent off and uh, after, what, 30-odd minutes. So it was just struggling. And, I mean, anyway. Uh, you know, Liverpool managed to manage to win, but it spoils the game when you go down to ten men. It really does. I, I just have to say one thing about the, the rugby. Yeah, you have to give England credit. Very much so. They, they upset tactically they were superior. The rhythm. They were because they just upset the rhythm. This constant kicking up and under, which they won a lot of. Uh, balls and also scrumming. They didn't give in anything. You know, they weren't pushed over and so on. And uh, I think I think there was a little bit of worry in, in South Africa's side of that. But I, you know, watching it and that, I thought, oh, this is <laughs> this is not going to end well. And I think, you know, Hande Pollard. I also the, to have given away a penalty. Lack of discipline know, from England. Anyway. It, was, anyway, it didn't matter. I mean, I said I would have preferred if they'd lost Whatever. a 42 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really would have done, but to be so close. Anyway, I I do, you and I have spoken quite a lot about football and money. And, you know, there yeah. are certain teams that are sponsored by certain entities that mm. we disagree with, whether it be because, for example, the person that owns the club doesn't know anything about football or the entity, the country that owns the club yeah. is doing it for sports washing, uh, whatever, and they've got a lot of money and mm. they just don't understand. They say 70 million. OK, we'll pay 70 million for him, bring him in, yeah. bring him in mm. from Milan, wh- whatever it is. You, you know, I'll end with a good story. But before that... I'll tell you a sick story, David. Neymar, who's a brilliant player, he ruptured his cruciate ligaments in his knee and is out for eight months minimum. He's 31 years old. It'll take him an awful lot of dedication to get back from that sort of injury at his age, which is quite old for a footballer. He says the following. It's a very sad time. The worst, he sighed. I know I'm strong, but this time I'm going to need my family and friends even more. (laughs) A good job then that Al-Hilal agreed to fund Neymar's 30-strong entourage when he signed for the Saudi club in August, a deal that also included non-negotiable demands, a house with three saunas, 
a pool at least 40 meters long, <laughs> seven full-time workers, including a sous chef to work with his own head yeah. chef, a guaranteed supply of Akai juice and Guarana drinks in the fridge, <laughs> a private plane, three dedicated supercars, a Bentley, an Aston Martin and a Lamborghini, plus four Mercedes G-Wagons and a luxury chauffeured van to be kept available at all times. <laughs> And he's, he's not going to play for a year, for goodness sake. Look, how, how sick is that, David? How no, sick is that obscene amount of money? I, 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 I know you have to question where this is going. You know, I mean, and, and that's exactly that. Uh, what, first of all, will they ever get this league, you know, off the ground to a point where it really attracts people? I know they got the golf world to to agree, but yeah. um, I mean, when you watch rugby, when you watch uh, Saturday football, the English Premier League, I don't think anyone can replicate that. You know, no idea. No, definitely not. And and but I mean, this kind of money. You know, there, there's another story there as well, and and maybe I might be going kind of off the rails slightly, but when I think of the Middle East. You know, for me, all of this points to Saudis wanting to, can I call it normalize, or become part of uh, um, a normal world by doing all of these things, by attracting uh, sporting events there. And the big worry is that, you know, despite what's happening now and despite them trying to satisfy the outcries against uh, Israel, whatever it is, I think overall, all these moves suggest, hold on a sec, we want stability there. We want people to come to our country and watch football, golf, whatever we do. And, you know, for me, that was a very strong statement of holding, you know, of, of, of wanting, call it peace, whatever you want to do. Because as things stand now, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I think there will be standoffs. So I think it's in the interest. It's in everyone's interest. And I'm talking more now. You know, I'm giving my world peace 1960 dogma. But um, <laughs> I think, Lindsay, you know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody wants this war to escalate. No. I think everybody wants to have just fun and do that, whether it's in Saudi, Dubai, whatever it is. Uh, so I agree I'm with you, David. I agree with you. In a way, I hope they fail, and I hope that people mm. like Ronaldo go home with hundreds of millions, but with their tail between their legs, uh, because it's. You know, I don't want to watch the Saudi league. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I don't care if Jordan Henderson and Ronaldo and Neymar and anybody else uh -huh. that I've known from the past are there just trying to milk as much money as they can, uh -huh. as much oil money. I don't want to see it. I want to see yeah. real football, grassroots football, yeah. which brings yeah. me on to my last point. I know we're labouring the sport thing a bit much, but uh, the market's quiet. So one of my favourite, well, my second favourite team that I first saw in 1977 in Barcelona is FC Barcelona. Mm. And mm. Uh, they've been guilty of uh, financial malfeasance themselves recently, <laughs> but they've got their act together. They've got their, their president is, yeah. back, is back on track and they have something called La Masia. Now, La Masia is their academy. And if I tell yes, you that yes. Andreas Iniesta and Lionel Messi were yeah. graduates yeah. from the academy. They went there when they were 11, 12 years old. And look look where they came from. And there's dozens of others, not quite as illustrious mm. as those two. But anyway, they've got um, a, a chap of North African origin whose name briefly escapes me, a 16-year-old who was playing on the right wing last night against athletic club Bilbao. And then in the, it's nil-nil. 
It's a good game, and Barcelona are all over them, but they just can't score. So in the 79th minute, they brought on this chap called Mark Gui. Mm-hmm. He came on, and he's 17. So he's a year older than the bloke on the right wing, and he goes on the left wing. He comes on, and you can see he's a bit nervous. Someone passes to him straight away. He touches the ball once, runs past two defenders, and with his second touch, he scores. It took him 33 oh, seconds on his debut to score in front of 60,000 oh, people. And they went, the whole club went berserk. It was a, a beautiful, innocent moment, and he didn't cost a penny because he was a graduate yeah, of La, La Masia. Yeah, yeah. It just shows and you that's the met- purity of football. Yeah. If you read... I, the one thing that I I enjoyed Simon Cooper's book Barcelona, yes, uh, which has been out for now probably more than a year plus, mm-hmm. but he spends a lot of time talking about the academy and how not only did they train uh, up and coming footballers, but they made sure that if you left the academy, you at least had an education. Yes, exactly. So it wasn't all, and it was also a family. The people, they looked after you and they treated you as though it was your own home. And I think the one thing that bound the Barcelona people or the Barcelona players was this being brought up in an academy. And Messi, as rich as he is, as good as he is, remained friends with those that he was brought up with. I think the, you know, in other words, the, you saw it in the film in, in Beckham as well, you know, mm. being brought up with Phil Neville, sorry, with the Neville brothers, Gary and Phil and the other people around them. And I think that's one of the one of the features of Barcelona. Um, you know that that I th- I think anybody who likes football must read that book. Just brilliant book. Mm. Watch Beckham read Barcelona. Very good. <laughs> on, on those two very happy notes, I'll leave you, David. Thank you very much for your okay. time, David Shapiro is from Social <laughs> Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.